Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 4K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk um, one of my favorite topics, uh, the top payroll provider as being the 401 case TPA and why that's a bad idea, but not really, you know, I, this is year, it's kind of year five of the podcast and we'll talk more about, you know, opinions and, you know, the ramifications of kind of coming up with this stuff, but First, go to that 4ksite.com for further information on uh, everything that we're doing. We got uh, stuff up for uh, that 4K National Virtual Conference, that 4K Plan Sponsor Conference as well. Sign up. Uh, if you check my emails for the plan uh, for the 4K National Virtual Conference in January, it's free for the time being. Plan Sponsor, if you are one and you do listen to this podcast, you can sign up for free as well for the Plan Sponsor event. That'll be in October, October 13th. So please uh, sign up today at fmrksite.com. Also, a lot of articles, good stuff, and, and whatnot. But uh, next, um, you know, let's talk about the topic at hand. Uh, you know, the payroll provider article that I've done annually since I first started. Um, it's It's... You know, really interesting. You know, I started my practice in 2010. Um, spent a couple of years at that uh, law firm, um, and you know, coming up with the idea that I was critical of 401k uh, TPAs that are you know the top payroll providers. That that went uh, have gone very well over there at that law firm. I, it was it was frustrating, and it was funny. I was talking to my wife uh, again about it. And, uh, you know, how the, you know, it's been 13 years and whatnot, starting my own practice and the frustrations that I had that law firm. And I wasn't very, very good at telling her, you know, all the stuff that I was going through, but it was just, you know, going through three levels of partnership and taking six months to produce one article. And had I come up with an article that said, well, you know, hiring ADP and paychecks is your 401k CPA, uh, that's a bad idea. It never would have gone anywhere. Uh, and I wrote this article, I want to say it might have been the fall of 2010. Uh, I've updated it annually, you know, and changed quite a bit over the years. And um, It's still the most popular article I've ever written, uh, by far. Uh, fiduciary warranty is probably a, a long-distance second, and, and maybe the um, articles where I'm just not a fan of uh, self-directed brokerage accounts, it's just my, uh, my view. But uh, the article, you know, I'm sure that people will say, well, you know, if you don't write these articles, uh, maybe you'd be invited to more of these national conferences to speak and whatnot. But, you know, I am what I am. And I've always been, as, as uh, Mike Webb would probably remember from the uh, event that we <laughs> the event I did at Disney the week of COVID, you know, I was telling the retireholics, I'm the turd in the punch bowl. And what does that really mean? I don't really put a turd in the punch bowl. Is I come up with opinions and facts that bother people, and that's that's just the nature of my being. I mean, I've always been that one. Um, you know, I was in college. I was at the school paper. Said what I felt. Got an award from it. Uh, my daughter still wants to see where it is at the Stony Brook Library for top journalist uh, in 1994, the Martin Buskin Award which uh, is still one of the top 10 accomplishments in my life because I won a student journalism award without having taken a journalism class in college. 
but you know, uh, I was also in law school. I was the I was a humor editor for a couple of years, and the third and final year, I was the editor in chief, and I was just very, very you know blunt um, in expressing my kind of dislike of the law school. Um, attacking it left and right, but offering solutions on how to improve it. And the problem is, is that people are threatened not only by the truth, but of opinions. So if I say that, you know, American University of Washington College of Law is a third-rated law school in a two-law school town, that's an opinion. That's my opinion based on my experience, yet people are threatened by that. So it's like, you know, if you like chocolate ice cream, uh, why would you be offended at somebody who likes vanilla and doesn't like chocolate? And I was always a chocolate ice cream person. And if someone, you know, other relatives like vanilla, uh, my son likes vanilla, he doesn't like chocolate, uh, my daughter likes every flavor, how does that bother me? But people are threatened by opinions that, you know, are very, very frank. And, and again, opinions aren't wrong. So if you have... Um, you can't really fight opinions. You could fight facts. You really can't debate opinions. So years ago, you know, I would write this article. And the whole point of the articles that I write is for uh, plan providers to take to uh, uh, potential clients. That was the idea from the get-go. That was the idea that I had at Meyer Swazi. And, you know, obviously it took six months to write an article, so it, it didn't work out well there. But the idea was... How do you generate referrals? Well, you know, if you be nice to people and you give them free stuff, they'll remember you when, when need be. So, you know, the idea was, okay, uh, I'm a, a 401k advisor. I'm talking about fiduciary issues. The client doesn't listen to me. But here's this article from this independent risk attorney from New York named Ari Rosemount with the funny name that's misspelled for anybody who knows. You know, that creates goodwill. And that you know, was able to generate business. Um, and when I started in 2010, I hired a PR guy, nice guy, uh, just was very, very old school and uh, was always interesting with him. Um, you know, he, I, I started my practice and be an article about me in, in uh, uh, Long Island Business News. And it was a nice little article that I still think I have a plaque somewhere with that first article, one where I started. Took the picture in the old offices at Meyer Swazi downstairs. They didn't know that in the lobby of the building. And it didn't generate any interest whatsoever. People don't call you because you're in, um, in you know, these newspapers. And I would do interviews with newspapers and, you know, go to helperreporter.com, whatever it is, and sign up. I don't do it as much anymore, even though I still get the emails. People don't call you for that. But, you know, it's all about getting your name out there. And so the funny part, the side note about this story was I told the PR guy, well, you know, my dream, my goal is to get in the Wall Street Journal. And he's like, oh, you know, that's going to take a long time. You know, you got to build trust and this and get your name out and whatever. And so, you know, uh, business was not going very well. And um, um, business wasn't going very, very well. And, you know, he told me to take some time off, which – you know, when you're paying a mortgage and you got a wife hounding you because, you know, you're not generating any money, that, that, uh, that's stressful. So I said, you know, okay, I'll cut back. I'll fire you. And I fired him, hired a social media guy. And needless to say, I, I put out, you know, some blog posts about ETFs and 401k plans and how I thought it was a bad idea at the time, at that time. 
And, you know, lo and behold, Wall Street Journal picked, up, picked it up. And there I was in an article. Um, again, people don't call you because in the Wall Street Journal. So, you know, you put out this material uh, out there on social media, the article. And the article, again, you know, you will, I will get emails, you know, maybe once a month. Do you have that article? What's the latest version of it? Because people can't, you know, use the Google machine, I guess, or go to jdsuper.com and type in payroll provider Rosenbaum because you'll get a whole litany of articles. So, you know, generated me generated a lot of interest, but obviously there's a cost for having opinions that, you know, offend people. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting when the article first came out, you know, in the first couple editions of it, the blowback from uh, the payroll providers was just, I mean, you'd have these reps just answering me back and left and right and, you know, Ari, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. And I always think it's a bad look. Um, the best thing to do is pay no attention. Uh, and they've done that for the last couple of years. But, you know, the, the articles are still out there. They still generate uh, goodwill uh, among a lot of advisors and TPAs. And at one time it got me one of the most interesting uh business trips of all time, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when the kids were younger, uh, the time away was very, very limited. So I was invited by Kevin, uh, who used to work with Empower with the TPAs. He kind of built up that TPA network. I think now he moved on to Pentrust. And uh, he invited me to speak at a TPA forum in Colorado Springs for Empower's TPA Forum about competing with payroll providers. And uh, interesting trip. Uh, flew out from JFK to Denver. Uh, they had a car from Denver to Colorado Springs. I spoke. I think I ate at a dinner. I think there was a dinner afterwards. Ran into some people I know. And uh, lo and behold, took the car back and flew the red eye back. So that was uh, a trip uh, that was quite interesting. And, you know, the older you get, you don't want to do this anymore. The, the red eye thing is just not for me anymore. Uh, and my son, who's 17, doesn't like the red eye. But that was the trip. What was always interesting about that was at the TPA forum and at another event, I had a buddy of mine who was the top sales guy for a local New York TPA, Long Island-based and they were a payroll provider, and they were a TPA. So anytime I would talk about the subject, he would walk out of the meeting. Kind of like when Israel speaks at the uh, UN General Assembly, and the Iran and all these other countries would leave the, uh, the assembly. Uh, I was kind of that way too, but what was funny was eventually the TPA divested itself of the payroll company. They're just not, they're just a TPA now, and uh, uh, my buddy and I are back to speaking terms. He was one, of, well, we were always to speaking terms. He doesn't walk out of my things anymore because, you know, he was a sponsor of, uh, the very first at foreign gate conference back in, uh, city field. And he was one of the two people that I consulted with about starting that foreign K conference. The other one being Bill Shores. So it's always funny. And, you know, again, uh, when I started writing that article, in the beginning, you'd get, you know, article, I'd get like a, a cease and desist letter one time from paychecks. I think a representative paychecks about some, you know, some litigation that had gone on and paychecks fighting it by claiming they weren't a fiduciary, which, you know, legally they were not. And, um, you know, I, I would get crank calls from people, you know, at another payroll company that give me a phone number to call up because, uh, you know, they had a potential client for me. I mean, stuff like that, but that's that's moved on. And 
thankfully, uh, that that's no longer a thing. And quite honestly, you know, my feeling about constantly, you know, calling calling out ADP and paychecks, it's my opinion based on my experience. And if my experience changes, then my opinion will change. So if anybody knows me, back when 2010, pre-fee disclosure, I was vehemently against producing TPAs because producing TPAs would push everybody to revenue sharing pain funds and not, you know, there was a potential over there, the conflict that they wouldn't tell plan sponsors, hey, you know, this is how much I'm making revenue sharing because they weren't legally required to do that. Fee disclosure changed that. So my views about producing TPAs has changed. I just, you know, I, I, I lessen the critique that, you know, you should have somebody in there who's independent and can watch, and that's the beauty of an independent advisor rather than a producing TPA. But outside of that, I, 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 I don't talk about it anymore. Uh, you know, if they had fiduciary warranties that did a great job of, you know, uh, limiting a plan sponsor's liability, well, then I wouldn't make jokes about these worthless fiduciary warranties. Uh, people grow, people, you know, change, and, you know, opinions change based on experience. Now, if I had a great time at, you know, Washington College of Law and, um, you know, the ball would have bounced a little bit different, I obviously my opinions about the school would have changed. You know, if I if I didn't have to go for a tax LLM and still be unemployed for three months, uh, and I would have gotten a job right out of law school paying me 80 grand a year, instead of the 35 grand a year that Harvey Berman gave me in September 1998, well, uh, my opinion of law school would have been different. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the problem is, is that you should never be uh, threatened by opinions. You know, guy doesn't like what, you know, what somebody else is doing. D don't take it personally. I, I remember back, uh, there's a Mets group on Facebook. It's, it's set up by Gary Cohen's wife. And there'd be a guy, he'd be just so negative, And he still is negative. And I've learned to accept the fact that his negativity shouldn't affect my positivity about the Mets. And obviously, based on the record, it's just it's not good this year. But um, a guy's opinion that everything is terrible and they should fire everybody and whatnot, it's just, it's just an opinion like anything else. And, you know, I still think that uh, any plan that has compliance testing... Any plan that, uh, you know, doesn't have a financial advisor, these are just the ramifications of being associated with, a, a, you know, an ADP or a paychex. Uh, years ago, again, I had a, a client that I was helping them on an underfunded DB plan, on, um, and they had a 401k plan. They had with, I want to say it was ADP. There was no advisor on the plan. Well, because they had $10 million or more of assets, they'd bring, bring in a rep from ADP, who is a financial guy, but he keeps on saying, you know, I, you can't rely on me any for any fiduciary advice, but I, I, I think that you need the small cap fund in your plan. And, you know, wink, wink, um, there it is. But, you know, again, it's an opinion based on experience. And so a few years ago, there was an irate plan sponsor that got one of my articles. So some advisor, I think, or TPA, gave this plan sponsor my article, and he flipped out, calling me, emailing me. He wants a debate, and I just ignored the guy. I'm like, if you think that, you know, ADP and paychecks are the greatest thing in, you know, in, in the 401k world, and they're perfect, and they do a great job, and they're the best thing since sliced bread, believe that. I, I'm not here to convince anybody otherwise. If you're happy, do it. 
Um, you know, whatever I didn't get in, in referrals from ADP and paychecks, I, I got it back in compliance issues uh, from, you know, people that fired these payroll providers. So, you know, it's just, it's just interesting. It's like I had no time in my day to talk to a plan sponsor. He is going to believe what he's going to believe. It's like Facebook. Um, I see, you know, I see a lot of, I, I used to get involved in a lot of political uh, debates and all that stuff. And it's just like, what's the point? Uh, the first person that I convinced to see my side of things, that's that'll be the first person I do that to. Because I don't believe that anybody's ever changed political position on Facebook. Oh, because so-and-so said something. Well, well, now I'm a Trump supporter. Now I'm a Biden supporter because somebody else from an opposite viewpoint told me on Facebook. It doesn't happen. So... I wasn't going to debate this uh, plan sponsor, and I didn't have time my day. It doesn't pay my bills. You know, I always, I always hate that. Uh, I don't get that much. But I remember there was an advisor one time, and he was a fiduciary based out of Florida. And never drew me a dime of business. He'd, he'd ask questions and, and whatnot. And one time he's I'd like to engage you in a debate about something. And I'm like, no. And this was the same guy who uh, said, I, you know – I can't I can't give your articles to my uh, uh, planned sponsor clients because they're typos. Yeah, they're typos. I get it. Uh, but the way he responded to me, and since he never generated a, a nickel's worth of business to me, and I'm like, I'm sorry that you can't provide my free articles with you know with typos. It is what it is, and 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 I don't think I've heard from him since. I just I, I like the uh, you know chutzpah of people you know and it's uh, yeah I know that there are typos I, there were typos I think I've cleaned it up a lot thanks to the um, grammarly but sometimes you know there'll still be mistakes here and there I you know missing words grammarly doesn't pick up as much but yeah I, I like when people you know want me to do stuff for free uh, but you know I I enjoy writing this annual article it, you know it's as good as it's gonna get. Uh, I updated it here and there. I don't write it from scratch anymore because I think it really spells it all out. And it talks really some truths. You know, you work uh, with these payroll providers, the two top payroll providers in the country. You know, you don't talk to one person. You talk to a team, and it's an interchanging team. And the TPA salesperson just banked you for the sale, and they don't service the client. You know, when I work with Richard Lorita, if he sold the plan, whether it was at CBiz or Geller Group, and there were problems. Rich Lorita was, because he wasn't commission-based, Rich Lorita was on top of you if you screwed up one of his clients. Uh, Rich was always there. And Rich was, you know, Rich was not easy to deal with when he was upset. And I understand why he was upset. You sell somebody a service, and the service isn't as good, and you look like a liar. Uh, that's different. That's different when you work for, you know, like I said, an independent TPA Turnover rate for payroll provider TPAs is high. There is a high churn rate. And again, they will tell you, and when this article hits, um, you know, LinkedIn and all that stuff, you, you might get people to say, well, you know, they're the two biggest TPAs in the country. Well, I'm a Shake Shack and In-N-Out guy. I think their burgers are the best. Um, but if you look, McDonald's is the most popular uh, franchise Hamburger joint. They sell the most hamburgers. Does that mean McDonald's is the best? Absolutely not. I remember Blockbuster Video. I hated Blockbuster Video. I thought Blockbuster Video blew. Because you can never get the titles that you want. 
The fees were expensive. And when Hollywood Video finally opened my neighborhood across the street, I just went to Hollywood Video, and that was the end of it. But Blockbuster Video was much bigger than Hollywood Video. Um, popularity doesn't mean quality. Um, so if somebody has the most assets, doesn't mean they're the best advisor out there. That's just, that's that's idiotic. I mean, you know, listen, there are a lot of ERISA attorneys who make uh, more than I do. Uh, there was one in particular... Uh, she worked for a New York firm. Uh, I think she still does of counsel. And, uh, I thought she was a complete and utter idiot. Uh, she was in Great Lawyers Magazine, because, you know, I think the firm, uh, put out an ad. Uh, so she was named as, you know, one of the top lawyer, ERISA lawyers. I don't think any, if I mentioned her name, I don't think anybody knows who she is. But I remember... She wanted me to write a 401k plan like a defined benefit plan. I had a volume submitter from Relias, and she wanted me to put in language about compensation for, you know, the plane year, uh, just all this stuff. And I'm like, this isn't a defined benefit plan where I have AMC and I look to the last three plan years or, or stuff like that. But I had to write the document seven times. And it was interesting, and it was one of those not-for-profit clients paid must have paid her an arm and a leg. Um, really good charity, and they went belly up thanks to some guy named Bernie Madoff. But, I mean, that's here or there. I mean, again, I'm my belief is that these payroll providers aren't very good. Uh, it's not quality, and that's a problem. And, uh, you know, but uh, it is what it is. And uh, until they change in quality, I'm still going to write these articles. You best believe it. Every June, it's an annual event. So this year, again, we, we get it in before July 1, where I think everybody goes on vacation and all that kind of stuff. So I hope you enjoyed this little episode about my little tirade, about my you know controversial opinions and whatnot. But it is what it is. And uh, you know if I didn't have any good opinions or controversial opinions, then I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't write articles. And I would just spit it out and be like every other attorney. But that's not me. And, you know, listen, has my frankness cost me opportunity in the, in the past and present? Yeah, absolutely it has. You know, when my 401k uh, plan that I run as a fiduciary, when a TPA out in Jersey tried to rip, rip us off for 80 grand and I spoke up, well, you know, I'm going to lose business out of that. But that, that's, that's what happens. When you take out um, positions, you're bound to offend people. And that's life. So hope you tune in next week for that another episode of that 401k podcast and, and all that kind of jazz and go to that 401k site.com for further information on everything that we're doing. Until next week, so long. Goodbye.